shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan filling in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight, 111 to 91 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, PK, I'm almost scared to get to this feature, but uh, let's <laughs> let's get right to it. It's time for your points in the paint, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C, Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Uh, your points in the paint tonight, uh, PK. See, Jazz outscored 60 to 36. And uh, that, is, that is certainly not a surprise. This might have been and I don't want to, to go with too much hyperbole here, but uh, Cleveland might have been the last team in the league the Jazz wanted to face, missing all of their big guys. I'm trying to run through real quick. I know. It's I'm hard to, hard to do. Uh, you know, I don't have all the lineups in front of me. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, because of the number of big men that they have, you know, facing an Embiid or something without Gobert or Jokic without uh, Gobert and Whiteside might be really ugly also. But spread across the board, uh, they, these guys did damage. And, and then and somebody like Stevens, you know, on the smaller side, which he like six 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 eight. Yeah. But mm-hmm. really, I mean, the Jazz had nobody as physical as he is. He's from Penn State. I swear he played linebacker. I don't remember him as a basketball player. Uh, Penn State U knows the linebacker thing. But, I mean, he's a thick dude, too. And as far as any inside player – that the Jazz have really with this lineup was maybe only Pascal. Right. And he's guarding Jared Allen. So that means who's guarding Stevens? You know what I mean? I mean, he's you, you say he's like 6'6", six, 6'8". Six, six, well, the Jazz 6'1 guys are guarding him because their 6'8 guy is guarding Jared Allen or, or yeah. guarding Mobley. I mean, it, it's it's such a, a trickle-down kind of thing. It reminds me of one of those uh, vacation movies with Chevy Chase, and he tries to put gum into the, the yeah, little yeah. holes he made in the dam in the at the dam. Hoover Dam. Yeah. At the Hoover Dam, yeah. You know, and there's like all of a sudden, you know, you got like 17 spouts of water coming out because you can't plug them all up. I mean, that's basically what the Jazz had in this situation. If you do one thing, well, then they got all these other things here. It was just an impossible situation for him. That's such a great analogy. And then he just puts the gum on there kind of yeah. haphazardly and walks yeah. off. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm out of here. No, it's 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 really apt actually, because the the game certainly felt that way. And I don't know what differently the Jazz could have done outside of, uh, you know, Mitchell and Bogdanovich combining to score seventy points or something. I don't I don't know how else the Jazz really could well, have combated. Maybe that. they could have uh, suited up Alex Jensen, but he's out too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's get to some post game sound, PK. Let's let's hear what the coach had to say about it. Let's uh, throw it down to the media room and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Coach, offensively, how how much did not having any big, um, you know, any of your bigs, big or small, on the roster affect um, the screen game and the ability to create uh, initial um, advantage, which 
uh, affected yeah. you know, the assist total. I understand. Well, there isn't going to be much of a screening game, um, you know, but there is a spacing, uh, pick and roll, and a penetration game. And, you know, when we don't have fives rolling, you know, the lane's open, and that's an opportunity for us to just get in the paint, you know, and if they collapse, you know, have our eyes out and kick the ball out. If they stay with shooters, which they did, you know, especially early in the game, we're going to have the rim. And, you know, so you, you play differently. Um, you know, we've, you know, habitually we play pick and roll with our five. So um, not having a five, you know, can impact that. But then there's plenty of situations where it's small, small pick and roll or five is flat where it's really about penetrating to, to you know, to get something for someone else. And, you know, that's where I thought, you know, particularly in the third quarter, the first, the first half, you know, was, wasn't perfect, but we missed a lot of open shots. Um, we got hung up in some individual um, confrontations with referees that I thought distracted us, um, regardless of, you know, whether the call is right or wrong. Um, you know, we can't have that in a game like this because your margin for error is so small. Um, you know, but I, I thought, you know, in the third quarter, we, I think it was a four point game at one point, and then they went on that, you know, that, that run. And, uh, you know, in, in this situation, we've got to run and attack the rim and create for each other. And we didn't do that consistently enough. Hugh, I was going to ask you about that 21 to zero run that they had in the third quarter. Obviously you expect them to come out with you know, some changes post halftime, but what was it that was really kind of different during that stretch that allowed the game to kind of get away from you guys? Well, I thought, you know, what I mentioned before offensively, you know, where we, we just made it harder on ourselves than it needed to be, um, where the ball, you know, the, the ball would stick um, instead of moving it quickly, shooting it. Um, and we get into some isolation situations, which, which aren't bad, but usually, you know, beating your man to create for someone else, um, you know, is what we, we talked about. And I, I thought, you know, on the defensive end, you know, they wore us down a little bit, you know, inside and put us in some situations that, you know, we're just not as familiar with, with that group. If you've got Smalls playing, playing post D and trying to help there, and then the ball's coming out and, you know, they started making some shots. Garland hit some shots. Um, you know, I thought Stevens, you know, slashing to the rim hurt us and hit a couple mid-range shots too. So, um, you know, but when, when, you're, when you're not playing well on both ends of the floor, that, that's, that's the result. Eric Pascal's had a couple of good games in, in this kind of stretch. And I'm curious, A, what you thought of his play tonight and in general over these games, and then B, kind of how you're making the decision on whether or not to include him in your healthy rotation moving forward. Well, you know, I think the first thing is that the most important thing is that, you know, that he's playing well and he's played well, um, you know, both when he's been quote unquote at the four, you know, or, you know, tonight more at the five. So um, always good to, you know, see another guy. Um, he's had a big couple of weeks. He had a baby boy and you know, he's come back and he's been ready. And when we talked to you the other night after the Toronto game where, you know, none of the starters and you mentioned that uh, no matter how unusual the circumstances, you felt like there was always something that you could 
kind of take from the game and and use it going forward. Uh, what might be some of those areas uh, from a game like tonight? But, you know, I thought at halftime, we very well could have been up. You know, we had Boyan and Mike, you know, miss a couple free throws that, you know, you, you can usually count on. Um, we had a number of really good looks from three that we missed, or we might have been leading at halftime, you know, and I don't think we were playing great. But um, and then, you know, in the second half, um, we just didn't have the same rhythm as far as um, 0.5. And, and finding people and, you know, re-spacing when guys drive. There's just a lot of things on every possession. You, know, you can't hang in on any one player. It's just us collectively. And that's a different situation for us to be in. You know, it, it is. So figuring out how to play in, in a five-out setting when we do have an advantage getting to the lane and then recognizing, you know, is there help coming? Um, where I can, can, you know, have my eyes out and find a shooter or, you know, or they stand with shooters and then I've, I've got the rim. And I, I think those are some reads that, um, you know, that we'll, we'll keep getting better at whether, whether or not we're small, you know, or, or playing with, you know, with a big, um, you know, those situations present themselves, you know, in, in, in both circumstances. Thank you, coach. Okay. Recording. All right, stopped. there you go. That's Jazz head coach uh, Quinn Snyder. His uh, post game comments. PK, anything stand out to you there? I like how he did talk about what I said at halftime. As far as they were complaining too much, yeah. I, you, you just can't do that. And I, I get it. There's frustration. You're on a losing streak. You don't have the core of your team. Uh, shots aren't falling. It all adds up, right? They're human beings. I understand that. But you know, let's learn from this and go forward because there's going to be nights when things don't go your way and you're going to have to battle out of it. And having things not go your way on January 12th is not really that big of a deal. Uh, so, you know, get some experience from it and learn how to play through these things there and don't get caught up on it. It's okay to be emotional, but you've got to spend your emotion in a productive way. And the complaining, I think at, it's okay to a minimum because you have to be have to have the referees be accountable to you, certainly. But at some point, it gets to be unproductive, and I thought that's the way they went. And yeah, I think that you know Quinn was talking about how they you know a couple of shots and they could have had the lead, but that was best case scenario. And to be able to expect that to happen over four quarters wasn't going to happen tonight. Yeah. I well, I think you're right about the complaining. I mean, you, you just have to know just have to be aware of, of what your situation is. And I don't, I don't want to pick too much on Joe Ingles, but he was the one who got ejected tonight. So he's, he's subject number one here. Uh, you know, even in his ejection, PK, he was thrown out from across the floor. Like there was a bunch of bizarre refereeing stuff in the first half. Granted, you know, rest making calls from weird positions. And, and I, I guess I understand why <clears throat> jazz players were a little bent out of shape. But this is a game where you're shorthanded. And it's going to be an uphill battle regardless. I mean, how the game's being refed is what, PK? Like number 15 on what should be your concern scale on how you're going to go out and win the basketball game. And the last thing you can do is get ejected. So I can see why that would frustrate Coach a little bit. I mean, you know, know your 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 situation a little bit better. It should. And here they are. This is obviously the biggest form of adversity they've hit this season. And a lot of it is beyond their control. Right. It's not like they're all together playing poorly. That would be one thing. If that were, if they were on a four-game losing streak and they had their core 
and this is what would be happening, I'd be in virtual panic mode here. But that's not the situation. Right. And so it's going to get better. It, it, it can't get worse. It can, can maybe continue if they don't have their guys, but it's not going to get worse. This yep. is probably the bad as, as worse as it's going to get. But it's going to get better, and that's what they've got Thurl and Bojack and Holly were talking about during the broadcast. It's going to get better, so wait it out, and then it will get better. Yep, battle through it and go through your lumps now, and you know, hopefully you won't have these COVID issues going forward if you get them all out of the way at once, right, or, or at least somewhat out of the way. But who knows? Yeah. What a wild circumstance. Right. I don't I, I can't predict what this covid and this variable or variables to come are going to do. None of us can predict it. I mean, it's as bad as it is in the NBA. It's destroyed college basketball, particularly in the Pac-12. You don't know who's playing. Teams haven't played for weeks, literally. And then they're supposed to get out on the floor. It hasn't been that bad. And knock on wood, hope it doesn't get that bad. But we just got a. I think it was Adam Silver who said, you know, the show's got to go on. I'm paraphrasing. We've got to live and continue to go through it until we get out of it. And that's basically what you can say symbolically about the jazz, too, on an individual scale as opposed to the league level. Yep, I think you're totally right. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own, mysubaruis.com. Uh, we'll continue to get PK's thoughts on this one coming up right around the corner. We'll get your thoughts from the players as well. Jazz game night uh, post game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan sitting in tonight. For Tim Lacombe, uh, postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, uh, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Uh, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Uh, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Log on to MarkMillerSubaru.com to share. The Jazz fall tonight 111-91 to, uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, PK, let's get a look at the uh, Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass PK. Let's see here. Royce O'Neal, who grabbed nine rebounds, but you pointed this out earlier. The Jazz got smashed on the glass, 50 to 32. And uh, you would expect that in a game where you didn't have anybody any taller than Joe Ingles. <laughs> yeah. I, and uh, Bogdanovich is the uh, same height, but he's not much of a rebounder. No. And Royce, for his height, has always been a good rebounder. And I, I like Pascal's effort, seven boards. The guy, he's. He's, he's built like a, a slightly ta- taller Charles Barkley. You know, I'm a, obviously he's not the player Charles Barkley is. But you got to like his effort and his energy that he brought in there. And Royce does what he does. It, it, it's funny because maybe you would expect Royce to shoot a little bit more. But even though they didn't have some of their guns offensively, he still didn't shoot any, any more than he normally does. He's two for four for three. And he gives you nine boards. Uh, you can't complain. If you're caught up in the, in the plus minus, which I'm not, he had the worst one at, at uh, 21, but I think that's due to the fact that he played the most minutes on the team, and that's 36. 
Well, PK, uh, going back to Pascal here for a second, uh, getting uh, to a conversation we talked uh, or we had in the pregame about guys, you know, throughout the league really taking advantage of, uh, you know, shorthanded situations with teams to kind of show what they can do. Put Pascal in that mix. Has he not clamored for a bigger role on these on this team these last uh, these last few games? I mean, remember how good he was in Toronto? I thought he was good again tonight. And I'm with you. Dude goes out there and and plays his backside off. Yeah. And his backside, even though he plays it off, it's still probably bigger than most guys <laughs> because he has a core that is so strong. When you look at Pascal, that's basically been the story of his career, right? He's a Villanova dude. He played for George Clooney. I mean, uh, Jay Wright. I think nice. those guys look alike. Uh, and so he goes to the Warriors, and they're just bruised and battered a couple years ago, right? So he sort of comes out of nowhere and gets a ton of time. And then last year, not as much. And then he gets shipped over to the Jazz. And with Rudy Rudy Gay out earlier in the season, he's in the rotation. Rudy Gay comes back. He's out of the rotation. So that's been the story of his NBA career. Get some time, play, and then other guys come back and you get your play reduced. You're just going to have to keep doing that and just produce when you get your time and maybe there you can get more time. And I know, I think it was uh, Walden from the, from the watchdog who asked the question about, did he do anything that maybe when everybody is returned to health or maybe it was Larson, I'm not sure who asked the question, return to health that you could still use him remains to be seen. It's hard to have a 10 ran rotation in, in a, in a regular game. I don't know if he can, but keep doing, if you're that young man, Keep taking advantage of your opportunities, even if they don't come very often, because sooner or later, if you keep doing that, they are going to come. And at the minimum, you know you've got a spot in the league. All right, PK, let's get some player sound going. Let's go back down to the media room. It's time to hear from Donovan Mitchell. Don, uh, you know, you've been pretty frustrated over the last couple of games uh, after the losses. I'm wondering how this one kind of measures up on the level of frustration without a front court of any kind. So I'm wondering if it's maybe less frustrating or how it measures Um, First of all, we competed, you know, given the circumstances. Um, can't complain about that. I think the biggest thing is we, first of all, we missed shots. <laughs> they made shots, uh, but you know, we can move the ball a little more. Uh, I think we, we had no assist in the third quarter. That, uh, that changed a lot. Um, we fought and completed and competed in club, but when they have 60, I think it was 60 second chance points or something like that. Like, you know, there there's three footers out there, you know, we, we're doing our best competing, but, you know, at some point in time, you know, that's going to give, but you know, there's, there's things to take away from here, this game, good and bad. I think the, the bad, what I would say would be, we, we, we got a little stagnant, you know, and it's tough when we're doing things on the fly, but still we can get to what we do getting in the paint, finding guys who are open. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. And you knew how important Rudy Gobert was to this team before now, but has like the last four or five games really kind of like reminded you, Hey, this is, and, and maybe taught you kind of a lesson on how important Rudy is to this team on both ends. A lesson. Maybe less than um, the wrong word, but like, I, you know, uh, really shown you evidence that how important he is. Well, no, it was no secret. I, I don't think we underappreciate him. Maybe the outside world might have. I don't think anyone in this locker room 
um, undervalued his presence. Um, but, you know, in the same token, we lost two winnable games um, in Indiana um, and um, Detroit. Um, tonight we had no centers. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's no secret, you know, he's the three-time defensive player of the year for a reason. But I don't. I wouldn't say we 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 under. The answer would be no because we all value him. I would say maybe externally it was it was looked as, looked at a certain way, but we all know that what what it is, you know, uh, with Rudy. So um, I would say no because we know his value, know his worth, um, and we know, you know, what he brings, especially on the defensive end. John, both you and Q have brought up the the point five decisions, the you know the stagnant offense, the lack of ball movement. How much of that is you know tonight is attributable to just kind of the weird circumstances, not having you know screen setting centers like you usually do, and and mm-hmm. how much is just you know due to there just wasn't enough ball movement. A little bit of both, I think. You know when you. <laughs> It was weird. <laughs> uh, if we're being honest, today it was just weird as hell. Um, and you go out there, you game plan one way, and then you adjust. But we 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 adjusted. You know, in the first first half, we're down six. Was it that six? I believe. You know, and for us, it's you know, it's tough to get assists too. I will say, if we don't make shots, you know, I shot six or sixteen. Boyan shots three or fourteen. Joe gets ejected in place after 13 minutes. So like there's certain Mike was four ten. Like there's certain things. If we shoot close to our average or even average, you know, those assist numbers rise. So we may not be having this conversation, but in the same token, there are certain decisions we've made. Uh, or myself, you know, whoever getting in the paint, finding guys uh that can be better, um, as opposed to continuously, you know, getting to ISO. But with that being said, like you said, it's it's tough when you don't have a five who knows how to play the five. You know, Royce and EP did a phenomenal job holding it down. The new guys came in um, and, and did a phenomenal job and just just scrapping and competing. That's all you can do given the circumstances. And we're going to continue to fight, you know, and we got a few days off. Hopefully guys can, you know, get healthy and, and, and get back. Just what happened in that 21-0 run when, especially on kind of the defensive end of the floor with Lamar Stevens getting, I think it was 13 in a row in the end. He had 13 points in a row. I mean, shoot, I didn't know that. Um, he got hot. Um, the game plan was to kind of play off him and kind of go at focus on the others. And sometimes when that happens, guys get hot and, and take that challenge. So props to him and, you know, He's getting downhill. He's hitting threes. He wasn't exp- like I, there's. I really got much to say for you for that. You know, I think at the end of the day, we're just find, trying to find a way to compete defensively. And you know, I'm not. I'm not upset at the effort we gave as a group. I'm not. I don't think any of us are. Um, you know, and when you're focused on the post up, he's cutting. Like there's there's so many different things that you know when your tallest player is six five. You know, it, it's tough. But we gotta give him credit where credit's due. I'm not gonna sit here and make an excuse whatever because at the end of the day we we were down six you know we had opportunities and we didn't necessarily make shots or move the ball or whatever but got to give credit where credit is due and Darius Garland deserves to be in an all-star game um I think a night like tonight he didn't shoot well and he still had a major impact on the game um I think you can you can definitely stamp that I think you should all people should because what he's doing right now is you know next level um so credit to him 
All right, there's Donovan Mitchell. He's certainly right about that. Darius Garland was uh, was great tonight with a triple-double and a career high in assists. But, PK, where Donovan Mitchell started his comments, I thought it reminded me a little bit of how you started the, the postgame here where he talked about, you know, you can't question the effort and how they, they poured it out uh, tonight. And I would agree with that assessment, as I, I think you would based on your, your, your previous comments, but just didn't have enough. Uh, in the tank to uh, especially not shooting the ball well to overcome what Cleveland was bringing. Exactly. This reminded me of one of those games that we see BYU and Utah play when they play a big sky team. Guys are out there battling, but they're just not as big, not as strong. Yep. And they basically have to almost play a near perfect game to to get that done. And I also thought Donovan had the line of the night. It's hard to get assists when you don't make bat when you don't make shots i mean it's literally impossible when you think about it right it it is and and he's right about that i i like against detroit pk the ball movement in the second half was just i I mean it was it was a huge difference it was it was glaring and they didn't play you know kind of a typical jazz style of basketball i didn't i i didn't think that that was the case tonight you look at the assist number like you and donovan were alluding to there and you may say oh geez they didn't pass it all well you know, they didn't make shots. Donovan himself, and he pointed out Bogdanovich too, which in a game like this, you would think those would two be the two guys to really carry the water for you. And uh, Bogdanovich was 3 of 14. Donovan was uh, 6 of 16. So don't do math on the air, PK, but that's 9 to 30. So <laughs> less than less than 33% from from your two scores is, is going to be tough to overcome. Well, and I say good because I really believe when you've achieved a certain stature in whatever professional sport you're playing, that's who you are. And what I mean by that's the law of averages. So these guys are accomplished and prolific shooters, right? So let them have off nights on nights where it was going to be almost impossible for them to win. So that's sort of cool. Don't waste a great shooting night on a night, even if they both had great shooting nights, I still don't know if they're going to win. So they had bad shooting nights. Well, on a night where you're probably going to lose, That's not so bad. And then also, too, I thought he brought up a very relevant point. How different would we feel right now with this four-game losing streak, even with all the guys out, if they had won those two games that we anticipated them winning? Because they had enough, you would think, to beat Detroit. Up 22. Inexcusable. Uh, Maybe they didn't have enough under the circumstances against Indiana. But record-wise, when Indiana is 10 games below 500, you you'd think that they would be able to put forth a better effort in terms of being better, uh, have a better chance to win, considering virtually none of those guys played the night before in Toronto. So it wasn't back-to-back for so many of them. If they could have found a way to win those two ball games, we wouldn't be sweating anything right now. Yeah, you're right. Well, don't forget Indiana was starting. Their starting backcourt was a two-way guy and a guy on a 10-day contract. And Lance Stevenson had a career night, and he hadn't been in the league in two years. So I could, you know, that that was certainly a winnable game. And you're you're completely right about Detroit. How about Donovan pushing back? I, my favorite answer of his was pushing back at, uh, does this, uh, you know, stretch prove the value of Rudy Gobert? And, and Donovan said, no, we've known it. <laughs> well, I we've think that's almost insulting. I do too. Because do we need proof? I mean, right. uh, This is an outrageous comparison, but do we need LeBron to be out to know that he's really good? No. Okay. Now, I'm not saying Gobert is LeBron, but at the defensive end, he's virtually the LeBron of defense. And do we need proof? 
No, I don't think we need any more proof. He is a big-time defender who is the great – he's the great makeup because he can cover so many blemishes. Yep. And believe me, we've got a lot of blemishes. <laughs> no, I think you're totally right. And it is a little bit on the insulting front. Yeah, Donovan says, hey, they, they know how valuable he is. Uh, and uh, they didn't need this stretch to prove it. That's yeah, sure. and then also, too – it, it it's sort of a, a little bit awkward to ask that question to Donovan since it was reported almost two years ago that their relationship was unsalvageable. I think if you ask that question to anybody else, it doesn't seem quite as awkward. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's go back down to the media room. It's time to hear from Eric Pascal. Recording in progress. Hey, EP, can you kind of just take us through kind of what the, the big challenges are on a night like tonight where – you guys don't have any of your usual traditional centers and um, you're facing a team with as much size as, as the Cavs had. Uh, obviously it's a little difficult being, uh, they got like three, seven footers, but um, again, we, we just, again, we go out there, we try to play, uh, try to do the right things. They were just a really big team. So uh, shout out to them. They played well, um, but I mean, we just got to try to adjust to it just in case it happens again. What changed in the second half? You had a big first half and you were getting to the basket, but then in that third quarter, um, no assists, everything seemed to stop. What did you see from your vantage point? Um, I'll say we just, we, we, we took a lot of good shots. Um, we just it didn't make a lot. Uh, but again, we, we took a lot of good shots. We tried to move the ball correctly and uh, exactly play the right way but we just didn't make shots. How are things different kind of schematically just in terms of Don was talking about how it's weird as hell, like not having, you know, Rudy or Hassan or whoever out there setting screens like they normally do. And how, you know, while you and Royce did what you could, you know, it's just going to be fundamentally different given how, how different players you are. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it'll definitely be different. I mean, we're not, me and Royce aren't seven foot. I mean, rolling the lob threat, but um, again, it's a it's an adjustment we would have to make and uh, be ready for in the future. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are really good rim protectors, but when you're driving, what are you trying to do against them? Because you were pretty successful at it tonight. Uh, I just use my strength. I mean, again, I, I know they're very good. Try to use my strength and quickness, uh, ball handling, just throw them off balance and explode to the rim. I mean, that's pretty much it. It was really. Uh, that was pretty much it when it going against like a shot blocker, you try to get into their chest. There's Pascal eight of 11 tonight, 18, a team, uh, almost said team high. No, Jordan Clarkson at 22 for a team high, but 18 tonight for Pascal PK seven, uh, seven rebounds. Uh, he, he played a big role tonight cause he was essentially he may not have been the jazz's tallest guy, but he was the jazz biggest guy. And uh, he played with a, a ton of energy. Really had a lot going to the hoop there in the in the first half. The Jazz, that was kind of what was keeping him in it. PK was taking it at the rim. Uh, and then Cleveland adjusts a little bit, and uh, the Jazz can't go get it going in the third. Yeah, I think that was the story right there. It was fun to see him come off the bench, and his playing time has been sporadic and be able to show what he can do given the opportunity. You know, that's what you want. You want the opportunity. And so with that in mind, he got it, and he played well. Yeah, he he certainly did play well. 
All right. I uh, want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators Program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each will receive a visit from the Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Uh, we'll have more player sound for you coming up right around the corner. We'll uh, continue to get PK's thoughts as well. Jazz lose tonight, 111-91 to the Cleveland Cavaliers post game is brought to you by our friends at uh, Mark Miller Subaru. The my Subaru is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru is.com more next on the jazz radio network. Jazz game night post game show on the jazz radio network. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan sitting in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz fall to the Cavs, 111-91. It's time to take a look at your Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A one app tonight from the line. The Jazz were 7 of 11. PK did not get to the line all that much. Either did Cleveland, though. Uh, they were just 14 of 17. And honestly, I thought Cleveland was going to be going to the line all night, PK. So I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, but the Jazz certainly didn't take many foul shots. Well, I think the referees knew who was available, knew that this was probably going to be a one-sided game. So let's not prolong this any longer than it needs to. Yeah, that's probably uh, that's probably a, a good point. <laughs> Keep the game moving. Just yeah. let it, just let it go. Yeah, I like your idea of a running clock in the fourth quarter, as they definitely do, and they do it in many states in high school. Yeah, they do. In fact, I had somebody uh, uh, clarify the rule with me here. If anybody was wondering, let's see, uh, the Bogdano Grouch tweeted at me, and the rule in high school is up thirty-five. They wind the clock for any amount of time remaining in the second half. Love that rule, by the way, for a variety of reasons in high school. Oh, but, for sure, yeah, yeah. But tonight felt like one of those nights where the Jazz were just trying to wait out the clock. I think they were, yeah. Especially what I mean, and they—I don't want to say that completely, though. You know, it was only six points in the set in the first half, and they did have opportunities, as Quinn Snyder said. And so you want to go into the second half thinking, hey, you got a shot, which, you know, I thought that they did. In retrospect, I was a little surprised that it got away from them with a 21 to nothing run, but once that happened, it was over. All right, PK, let's uh, go back down to the media room. It's time to hear from Jordan Clarkson. I think uh, we were, like, shifting uh, really heavy on, like, Lamar uh, Stevens, and he got going really in the second half. They kind of helped they run, but – and then they got – three, four, seven footers that's posting up uh, all game where it's really pulling us in and uh, causing us, you know, getting closed out situations. But <clears throat> I think we did a good job of fighting in terms of um, what we were up against tonight. Um, you know, they just played well and got the win. Hey, JC, what have you been impressed with with Eric Pascal over the last week? Uh, just his ability to come in here and impact the game. Uh, you know, he was starting playing early in the season, preseason. Um, first 
few games of the, of the season was in the rotation. And uh, then, you know, Rudy comes back and, um, you know, kind of just falls out the rotation. And, and you know, at these moments, uh, he's a pro. He's been in the league. Um, you know, he's, you see his impact uh, playing with energy. Um, you see him getting stops defensively, rebounding and making shots. Uh, and he plays super hard. So uh, I think he's been uh, super great with, uh, you know, what's been going on. And uh, I'm happy for him that he's uh, been impacting this way. All right, last up, Andy Larson. First of all, I'm curious, do you remember having gotten a defensive three second call before? No, nah, I think that was my first one of the year. <laughs> uh, but like I said, we would, you know, shift it and trying to um, – Stop them from getting in the paint. I mean, when you got three, four guys posting up at a seven foot, it's kind of tough when we all, um, you know, six. I might, I mean, Eric might be a six nine on a good day. <laughs> I'm just playing with that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we were just trying to close the paint down, trying to do what we can to, you know, get the ball out the paint and uh, make everybody else make plays. So, like I said, we put up a good fight uh, first half. Second half got a little, a little dusty, but it's all good. I was just curious. I couldn't remember you getting one. I, I'm just real quick follow up. Um, how uh, how difficult is it to kind of change your mindset defensively without Rudy out there, and especially because you guys are playing such a different style of defense than you usually do? Um, I mean, for us, it's just we gotta look at his growth. Uh, something else that's throwing thrown at us during the year. Um, what it really caused us to do is, you know, lock down and uh, try to keep each other out of uh, rotations, to be honest with you. But uh, in, in that point, a lot of us are having to rotate and do different things with Rudy out the, out, the, uh, out for right now. So it's just another challenge, nothing, uh, nothing new. Something that uh, the NBA season brings. Uh, especially now with COVID and all this other stuff going on where guys are sitting out. So, um, you know, we try to make it work and, you know, still trying to get wins and compete. All right, y'all. All right, that was Jordan Clarkson, his postgame uh, thoughts. 22 points tonight for Jordan, 8 of 17, 4 of 11 uh, from 3. And, you know, Clarkson's got that cool attitude, PK. Maybe that's exactly what the team needs right now, just just to cool it out and get through this stretch. Yeah, like I said earlier, if you have your core and you're playing like this, then it's time to maybe so overturn some chairs. But at this point, no, I wouldn't be doing it. And what he was saying there, particularly at the end, this is what the NBA season brings to you, just about every NBA season to one degree or another. Yeah. Then you factor in the COVID, and it is – craziness on steroids this year i loved what he said there uh clarkson by the way is my my favorite post-game interview uh on the jazz right now but he talked about the second half he said it got a little dusty that was a good way to put it they just couldn't get it to go in the hoop got a little dusty couldn't stop them either give up a 21-0 run that's going to make uh life pretty difficult most definitely yeah there's no way you're winning giving up a 21 to nothing run in the second half when you go into the second half down six yep Get outscored, uh, you know, thirty to sixteen, and that's you know that's that's the reason you lose by twenty instead of having it be competitive in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was twenty three twenty three in the fourth quarter PK, but it felt like the game was long over. So, um, you know, one of those situations where where that 
that type of dusty stretch is just going to put you out of the game, uh, particularly when you're uh, outmanned uh, to begin with. And kind of funny, he was talking about uh, what do you say? Pascal is six nine on a good day or six eight on a good day. It just he, he was which there. he's not, which he's on not a, on, on any day. Right, he's what six six. I mean, I could look at what he's officially listed ah, at. Now he's six six on a good day. Yeah, I mean he's he's listed at two at six six two fifty five. But to your point, PK, probably maybe that's a little tall, uh, taller than he actually is. He's wider than he's taller. It's kind of like <laughs> Scott Gerrard in that way. Okay, you're gonna get shots that it's Scotty. <laughs> I I see how it is. Not shots. I'm just giving people an example oh, so man. they can visualize it. All right, PK, you have a, a early morning tomorrow, of course, as you do every morning. Uh, PK, of course, uh, with David James, 6 to 10 every morning here on the uh, on the Zone Sports Network. I want to get some final thoughts from you. We'll we'll cut you loose, and I'll, I'll bring us home for the final segment. But uh, give us uh, kind of what you're taking from this game. Yeah, it's about this stretch. Get through this stretch. This was a game, as you said earlier, Jake, when you're shorthanded literally and going up a team against a team that is so tall – they're going to have their way. In some regard, it was remarkable that the Jazz were only down by six in the first half. And then the true colors of the game came to pass in the second half that maybe we even expected a little bit earlier. So now they got three days off. That's a nice time to have off. Anytime you can get three days off in an NBA season, you're going to take it, especially now. I don't know what all the levels are with the COVID. I know you got to have this or that. I've got the Vax. Fortunately, knock on wood, I haven't had it. I probably jinxed myself there. Easy. Seems like every I know. It seems yeah. like everybody and their dog is getting it. But get through it. See who you've got available on Sunday and try again. Plus, when you look at it, this is the only home game that they have in what seven, eight games too. So it was going to be a difficult stretch, even if you had everybody there. And it's compounded by the number of road games that you're playing right now. Somehow they've got to get through this whenever this is. We know what it is, but when does it end? We don't know when it ends, but you've got to just keep your head up and keep plugging through. And the things that I hear from the guys, I don't think it's a bunch of false confidence in the way that Larry Scott, Pac-12 commissioner, oh, no, everything's great, everything's great. No, it's not great. You don't have your 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 program network on DirecTV. I don't care because you have some Bob's Cable in Walla Walla, Washington. Don't tell me about that, right? <laughs> so it's not this situation that the Jazz are talking about. They're talking about a real situation that was preceded by a good run. So it stands to reason, get all the guys back, and you're probably going to have another good run. Does that mean you're going to win the NBA title? I don't know. We'll see what happens down the line. But let's look at when we've got everybody together, how they're doing. And they're probably doing okay because their talent is what it is, and they've got a lot of talent. So let's just ride this thing through, and hopefully it ends sooner rather than later. He, of course, is the great Patrick Kinahan. Hear him 6 to 10 coming up tomorrow morning alongside David James. PK, thank you for filling in tonight. It's always fun working with you. You know that, but uh, appreciate you jumping in. You're the man. Yeah, we'll do it again uh, soon whenever Tim has something going on or whatever it might be. I can do it anytime. I actually like doing it. It's a lot of fun for me, too. Oh, dude, you're the man. We appreciate you, PK. Thanks, buddy. Okay, talk to you. 
There you go, PK. We'll uh, uh, I'll give you my final thoughts, and we'll wrap things up. Coming up right around the corner, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. I should also mention we have some stat nuggets for you coming up next from our friend Tyson Ewing, who does stats for the television broadcast. He, in fact, uh, poked his head into the studio a little while ago, says uh, he got a little deep on some stuff tonight. So looking forward to that. 111-91 is your final Jazz fall to the Cavs. We'll wrap it up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Donovan driving on Osmond. Head fakes. Skips the pass to Pascal. Right corner three is good. That's a New York connection right there. The Jazz Radio Network. Not getting anything in my ears here, Brian. There we go. Uh, jazz Post Game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at uh, markmillersubaru.com. Jake Scott with you. The the Caspi, the Jazz tonight, 111 to 91 you heard the play of the game uh coming in there that of course uh courtesy of our friends at larry h miller dealerships for a service sales and selection lhmauto.com driven by you let's uh let's go ahead and get right to a tough one tonight uh for the utah jazz of course uh falling shorthanded no bigs and uh, going up against uh, what is arguably the biggest team in the league let's get to uh, some stat nuggets here uh, from our friend Tyson Ewing. Uh, Tyson does stats for the uh, television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet, and uh, he's nice enough to share a few nuggets with us for the post game. You can follow Tyson on Twitter, which I re- recommend you do, and he's a great Twitter follow, at TyEwing2. All right, uh, let's dive right in here. Uh, for the Jazz, fewest points scored since December 9th of 2019. The Jazz with just uh, 91 points, obviously, tonight. Uh, fewest assists in a game for the Jazz since January uh, 15th of 2018. Tonight, the Jazz with only 11 assists. You heard Donovan Mitchell talk about how they didn't make a ton of baskets and you're not going to get a ton of assists. Uh, and that certainly uh, appeared to be true uh, tonight. Um, let's see here. This is the longest losing streak for the Utah Jazz uh, since February 21st through the 26th of 2020. So right uh, before the pandemic uh, hit, which man feels like so long ago now feels like uh, longer than two years. I know uh, a lot of people out there probably feel the same. Um, Utah had held a lead, uh, held a lead in 117 straight games, including playoffs coming into tonight. They did not hold a lead in this game. Their first wire to wire loss Uh, since January 5th of this year. Uh, Utah is a combined minus 67 in the last four second halves, which is just an outrageous number, but but you can imagine it. And all I mean, think of the Detroit game. The Jazz were up 22 at one point and end up uh, that coming unraveled. They got dominated against Indiana in the second half tonight uh, was, uh, was certainly rough. So minus 67, that is a big number. Uh, for a team in the Jazz who who this season, and again, weird circumstances, but this season, third quarters have been really, really good for the Jazz. Not lately. Uh, moving on. He says, uh, in three of the last four games, 
A player has scored a career high for points in a quarter and points in a half. All three have been in the third quarter and in the second half. And here are those performances. Fred Van Vliet on Friday, 24 in the third quarter, 28 in the second half. Cade Cunningham on Monday, 18 in the third, 24 in the second half. And Lamar Stevens tonight, 15 in the third, 19 in the second half. Uh, Building off that stat, over the last four games, the following players had career games, and this is very telling. Fred Van Vliet, career high for points in a quarter, 24, career high for points in a half, 28. Indiana, DeMontis Sabonis, career high, 42 points. Lance Stevenson, career high, 14 assists. Against Detroit, Cade Cunningham, career high, 29 points. Career high for points in a quarter, 18. Career high for points in a half, 24. And uh, finally, the the game against Cleveland tonight, Lamar Stevens, career high, 23 points. Career high for points in a quarter, 15. Career high for points in a half, 19. And Darius Garland, career high, 15 assists. And uh, also, Garland and Van Vliet each got their first triple-double of their career against Utah in the past week. And that just, I think, uh, goes to show, uh, you know, what rough shape this roster uh, is currently in, in the situation that they're currently in. And no, Rudy, of course, is going to have a big-time impact on the defense. To get back to, to Donovan Mitchell's answer to the question when asked if this stretch was proving Rudy's value to the team, well, they already knew Rudy's value to the team. I mean, he... He is the engine uh, that makes the defense go, and and to a certain extent, the engine that makes the offense go too. And Quinn Snyder's talked about that a number of times. How they've built this team around Rudy's skill set, because Rudy is that good, and Rudy is unique. And when Rudy isn't in the lineup, uh, that's obviously going to be difficult to replace. Difficult enough uh, when you have Hassan Whiteside, and in the night uh, like tonight, where you don't have Hassan Whiteside, and your biggest player is Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, and basically Eric Pascal has to play the big. It's it's going to be a, a really difficult night. So the Jazz just trying to weather this stretch, and obviously there's issues when they're giving up career highs to all these players. You, you know, good players and average, well, I shouldn't say average because uh, some of those guys we just talked about are, are young, you know, very good players. Cade Cunningham's uh, career high at 29 isn't going to last for very long. But you know, Lance Stevenson, 14 assists, career high. Give up 15 to Garland. You know, those are those. It's very tell, telling the situation uh, that the Jazz uh, are in right now. And I, I thought kind of a theme to the night. PK talked about it. Donovan Mitchell talked about it. You know, they put the effort out there. Jordan Clarkson talked about it too. There, it was a good effort from this Jazz team, and uh, they just they just didn't have the roster to be able to to overcome what uh, Cleveland was doing. And Cleveland's a good team, and they're a big team. I mentioned this earlier. This this might this Cavs team might have been the last team in the league that Jazz wanted to face tonight, with uh, with the roster and the lineup that they put out there. They start three seven footers, and that's going to put the Jazz uh, shorthanded with no bigs behind the eight ball before the 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 game even tips off. And it really proved out that way. Cleveland tonight was fifty three percent from the field. They were forty three of eighty one. And you look at some of those guys, um, and, and the the way the efficient way that they scored the basketball tonight. I mean, it really tells the whole story. Lori Markinen, eight of 11, 20 points. Uh, we talked about, uh, we talked about Stevens tonight. Uh, Lamar Stevens with the career night, 23 points, but he was 10 of 15. Uh, and then Jared Allen, who only had 12 points, but he did it on five of seven shooting. So, 
you know, just not a ton of resistance. Oh, and I, I not even mentioning, uh, not even mentioned Evan Mobley, of course, uh, 15 points, and he had an efficient seven of nine shooting. So, you know, this can be tough. Going to be tough to slow those guys down, that size down when the Jazz just didn't have anything to throw at it. And interesting, you know, they only gave up 111 points to Cleveland. I, I honestly thought that that would be a little bit higher tonight. But the Jazz only score 91. They had a tough time uh, shooting the basketball tonight. Their their players that they were going to lo- rely on to score enough to get them to the W just didn't have great nights. Donovan Mitchell, 6 of 16, 17 points. Uh, three, let's see, Donovan was 3 of 9 from 3. Boyan Bogdanovich, 3 of 14, 2 of 7 from 3. He only had 9 points tonight. Uh, you know, Mike Conley with 12 points on four of 10 shooting two of four from three, you know, Mike was, was a little bit more efficient, but you know, you would think, uh, if the jazz were going to need to score a bunch of points to get the win tonight, that those three would have to be pretty, uh, uh, pretty involved in doing that. And they just didn't have their best nights. You know, Clarkson led the way for the jazz with 22 points tonight, but, uh, he was eight of 17 shooting. So not well, not an inefficient night, certainly for Clarkson, but uh, not uh, in a fuego 40 point type type night we've seen from him in the past, like uh, against the Sixers last year when when the Jazz really needed that type of performance to win. So, you know, uh, several reasons uh, that the Jazz did not come away with the win tonight and uh, did not go their way in a variety of different ways. And now the Jazz have several nights off, which which certainly they could use the time. Uh, not in action until Sunday night when they take on uh, the Nuggets in Denver. So have three nights off, and when you know time is a factor, certainly getting players out of protocol, it's probably a good time to have a little bit of a break. And uh, we'll see if Rudy Gobert can get out of protocols and get back to this team that obviously so desperately needs him. Uh, he could potentially uh, be available for Denver on Sunday night. Again, some of the stuff is a little bit, uh, uh, ticklish with, uh, uh, you know, are you asymptomatic and, and negative tests and those sorts of things. So who really knows, but I'm sure that, uh, that the jazz teammates, coaching staff, everybody hoping to have Rudy back as soon as possible and possibly on Sunday against Denver. So with that, we want to say uh, a big thanks to everybody who helped out on, uh, on the broadcast tonight. Uh, thanks to Lock and Boone, of course, doing a great job calling all the action. Uh, thanks to broadcast assistants who worked on the broadcast tonight. Thanks to Brian Priest who produced for us tonight. Uh, appreciate uh, Brian doing that. Big thanks to Patrick Kinahan for filling in. Uh, Coach Lacombe, big shoes to fill. And, of course, we pull out the big guns. PK comes in, and uh, big thanks to him for helping us. Thanks to the uh, sponsor of the postgame, Mark Miller Subaru, and the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Your final Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Jazz 111-91. to Next broadcast coming your way on Sunday night. The Jazz will be in Denver to take on the Nuggets. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 5, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.